It's extremely creepy. Why do they have those planes? And like the the connection to those that's the plane that crashed and that's how she got there to like why? Why? Why 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 why? I need to know. This is like Here's the thing. So maybe an hour ago, dad calls me and he's like, I fell asleep listening to the podcast last night. I listened to a couple episodes and because the podcast was playing, it affected my dream. Uh Oh, his dream was it was the three of us just sitting talking and you and I were just going back and forth about lost. And every time he wanted to get a word in, we wouldn't stop talking. So he's, he's just saying, let me talk, let me talk. And we're just talking. He's like, guys, I want to say something. And it's just me talking, talking, talking. He's like hitting me on the arm, like, shut up. <laughs> so then you start talking. And he was like, well, surely Lauren will let me talk. No, more of the same. She, she wouldn't let me say anything. So I'm sitting there and I was like, what did I do? Why do my kids not listen to me? Why won't they let me talk? And I guess it was the episode where we talk about how I'm going to California and dad's was said he was like, I'm not watching your dog. I'm not taking you to the fucking airport. <laughs> so clearly this dream just he really, really wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> Obviously. Don't worry, guys. In like nine months, you'll get to hear dad on the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. I'm Lauren. And today we are covering season two, episode 15, maternity leave. And we probably should say that Lauren is sick and I am hungover. So this is going to be a fun episode. It's going to be the best. What did you think of this episode overall, Lauren? I'm not going to lie. I did not enjoy watching it. I've made it known in the past that I don't enjoy Claire as a character, especially when Claire is frantic. And this whole episode was just Claire frantic. So I found it to be very annoying. But there's some very important bits to this episode. A lot of thinkers. So that was good. I would say it was a good episode. I just don't like Claire. (laughs) (laughs) How would you summarize it? Uh, Well, if I had to summarize, I, I mean, you know what I mean? But look, it's already open. I don't even have to do that part. I'm getting better. Here's my synopsis. When Aaron gets sick, girl gang goes into the jungle to look for medicine. And Claire's memories come back. I wanted to pay attention to see if this episode finally passed the Bechdel test. It did. It did. I actually <laughs> thought that. And you know what? For a few weeks now, I've been thinking... We should be saying if these episodes pass the Bechdel test, and then I always forget. But then this one, I was like, ah, at least this one passes. Yeah. But no, my question was, I was like, I was like, does it pass the Bechdel test if they are talking about a man, but that man is Claire's baby? Yeah, that's what <laughs> I was wondering. I was like, they're talking a lot about Aaron, but Aaron's a boy, so does it does it count? I mean, it does pass. They they talk about other things other than Aaron. Yeah. But. Honestly, I this might be the first one. I am not confident in the other episodes not passing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go back and think about it. 
maybe someone else can do that for us. But speaking of uh, things about this episode, I have quick bits. Oh, yeah. You know what? For the first time ever, while watching the episode, there were a couple things that I wanted you to address in quick bits. So let's see if you did it. Why don't you go ahead and tell me them? Because I bet I didn't. No, go ahead. Okay. Number one, this episode was directed by Jack Bender. Shocker. Number two, the vaccine that Ethan gives Claire is labeled CR4-81516-2342. Wow, lots of numbers. The numbers. Whatever. (laughs) This was the first episode to have each flashback set on the island itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Tania Raymond was originally credited as young girl to keep viewers from knowing that Alex would be introduced. Bonus fact, Raymond was originally told that her character would be called Jessica. Bonus, bonus fact, Raymond was one of the two finalists for the role. The other was Selena Gomez. Raymond won the role out, but Selena Gomez would go on to play a different Alex Russo in Wizards of Waverly Place. That is a fun quick bit. It's also not true. Oh, you just made it up? <laughs> Kate made it up like forever ago. She was just like, Selena Gomez could have played could have played Alex. And I was like, that's amazing. I'm gonna re- I wrote that down like weeks ago. Aw, <laughs> I'm so sad. I didn't even think about the age logistics of it at all. I mean, she's probably like way younger than whatever. Shut up. I wanted that to be true. Okay, well, here's what I wanted your quick bits to be. One of them I'm going to save. I'm going to wait until we get there. But the other one was, I was hoping you had a little bit of background information on when Echo cuts a little bit of his beard off. I have no idea what that was about, to be honest. Oh, I was hoping that was some sort of something that you were going to learn about and tell me. Because I was like, well, that's got to be something. Hey, maybe editing Zane will fill us in later. So let's get into it. At the beach camp at night, Claire tries to comfort a crying Aaron and wakes up Locke because Aaron has a fever and a rash. She wants to get Jack, but he is at the hatch, so Locke stops her from going herself, saying it's too dangerous and that he will go and get Jack. At the hatch, Locke would be amazing at waking up our father because he did not even flinch when Jack just jolted awake. Jack asks what's wrong, and Locke tells him about Aaron and how Claire almost came to the hatch, and then he asks about Henry who has not made a sound. Jack tells Locke that he will come back as soon as possible, and Locke resumes watch. And then at the beach camp, Claire desperately tries to get Aaron to stop crying. She thinks that she hears Jack approaching, but it's Danielle. Claire grabs Aaron and tells her to stay away. Danielle tells her that Aaron is infected. Claire tells her to stay away from them, and Danielle has a realization and asks if Claire does not remember. Claire is confused, and she sees Flashes, a bed, a fridge full of medicine, some crocheting, a young girl, Ethan giving her a shot saying it's a vaccine so Aaron doesn't get sick, and her fighting with Danielle in the jungle and scratching her arm. Suddenly Kate runs in and tells Daniel to leave Claire alone and leave camp, which she does, and Kate asks what happened, and Claire tells her about Danielle's warning. So a lot happened there. I have multiple things to say. One... I did not like how mean Kate was to my girl Russo. Stop being so mean to her. I didn't mind when Claire was being mean to her. That I feel like is justified. Shut up, Kate. 
And and you could see how hurt Danielle was. I was like, oh, I felt really bad. And two, did you know that she was crocheting or did you have to like get clarification on that? I knew it was crocheting because I've seen you crochet. Thank you. You know, no matter how many years I have crocheted in front of Andrew, he will still purposefully call it knitting instead of crocheting. It drives me insane. I spelled um, it wrong. I almost asked you how to spell it. Oh, well, I can't spell. I think I had another thing to say. Oh, I, I, here's another thing to say. This kind of goes back. Um, watching Claire try to soothe her baby is the most frustrating thing I've ever seen. The only thing that woman is going to do is make her baby more upset. She is the like the literally the most anxious, like high-strung person trying to calm that baby down. The thing is, like when you're trying to calm down a baby, if you're not calm, you're not gonna calm the baby. Like the baby can like feel your energy. She's just making it worse. She was making me stressed out. Yeah, it's a stressful environment. So I I cut her some slack. I get that, but the thing is, is she just goes on to be like that all the fucking time and i actually will i will say more i will just continue to roast claire this entire episode the thing that i always think when we see aaron is how is that baby not covered in sunburns i would imagine she keeps it in the shade for the for the most part yeah it's just it's just so much i i don't understand why they all live on the beach now I I have said that like, uh, but the thing is, maybe they're beach people. I, I would be a caves girly, personally. but like nobody lives in the caves. I know that's what I'm saying, but I mean maybe they're just really really freaked out about being in the jungle, especially now that the tailies have arrived and been like, when you go in the jungle, you get attacked by the others. They're like, all right, let's just stay out here on the beach. <laughs> so this is appears to be evidence of that sickness that we've been told about so many times. Hmm. Based off of what we know about what Danielle described about the sickness and how she killed her people over it, and then like the physical symptoms that we're seeing on Aaron, what does it give you any more thoughts to it? Not really. Just still kind of curious about it. Jack tries to tell Claire that Aaron is fine. It's most likely Rosola? Rosie Rosiola, I think. R- Rosiola. But here's the a- thing. Okay, continue, and then I'm going to rant. Which is a virus that is common in babies Aaron's age. Claire asks what if he caught an infection. Jack asks where she got that idea, and Kate tells him about Danielle. Claire tells Jack about what she said, and Jack says that there is no infection. They've been on the island for two months, and no one got sick, and Danielle is crazy. He tells her that they will let the fever run its course, and he will be fine. However, he says he will come back in a few hours and check. Kate reassures Claire that if something was wrong, Jack would know. Couple things. One, Jack's bedside manner is horrible. Absolutely horrible. Two, Jack, where the fuck is this baby getting a virus when all of these people have been quarantined on this island for two months, like he just said? Where's the virus coming from? He said, oh, it's common in babies. Okay, yeah, because babies are, like, out in the world with all these people, and their immune system isn't, like, strong yet. But this baby is on an island with people who are have been quarantined for two months. That virus is not among them. 
It just doesn't make sense. I mean, I don't, there's, I don't know there's, anything about roseola. Maybe it's just something that like we typically carry and could, and it just because a baby's immune system isn't that strong, it manifests in that. Maybe because I'm doing one of those things where I pretend to know things and I really don't know what I'm talking about, but it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, there are like other valid reasons, I guess, to get a fever. I'm not saying that it has to be the infection, like what Rousseau is saying. I'm just kind of like, well, where would this baby get a virus on this island? It could be any number of things on the island. It's not like Claire and... You know, Charlie for a while there watched Aaron, but also Locke helps and Locke's treeping around the jungle and Sun and Jin help and they're they're fishing all the time. You know, it could be any number of things that could cause a baby with a weak immune system to get sick. Also, plopped. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I just it's just confusing to me. I guess I just don't like how dismissive Jack is. He has horrible bedside manner. And then when Kate's like, if anything was wrong, Jack would know. Jack's not a pediatrician. I think I saw I saw that in your notes, and I think the important thing to remember is it's a show. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get that, but like I just don't like as much as I'm annoyed with Claire and how flustered she is all the time, like he just is does not do a good job of calming her down. He's just like very ugh, dismissive of her, like, oh, you're being so annoying. No, there's nothing wrong with your baby. Like there clearly I mean, is something wrong with her baby. But he's saying it's not anything to be concerned about. I get that, but the way that he's telling her, he would not calm me down. If he talked to me like that, I'd slap him right in the face. Yeah. I th- I think, you know, I just think it's been like a really rough couple of days with everything going on. And he also did just wake up and like walk a, I don't, half a mile. I don't give a shit. That's not Claire's fault. That's not Claire's fault. Don't talk to her like that. Okay. So you say that. And now I'm flashing back to several times throughout the last 24 years where you have been a bitch to me when you're tired. Yeah, but you're my brother and I'm not a doctor giving you treatment. It's completely different. I'm yeah, I'm a bitch when I'm tired, but I don't show up to my client's house when I'm tired and act like that to them. So you're you're saying because we're siblings, it's okay to be a dick to each other. A hundred percent. I'm saying that there is a professionalism that you should have. And if he is in doctor mode, he should. I don't even think that it's because he's tired. I think he's just rude to his patients. And we've seen that in flashbacks before. He just does not have good bedside manner. That's what I'm saying. I don't think there's any excuse for it. That's just how he is. Here's a question that I have. Do surgeons typically like are they on the bedside? Maybe that's no. TV does not portray that right. Like, not that I've ever had surgery, but... Here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stop talking as if we know anything about the medical profession. We're going to do an episode of flashbacks purely dedicated to how accurate is loss with medical stuff. And we're going to get friend of the podcast, Devin, on. She has already agreed to be on it eventually. Uh, Thank so God. We don't know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah, we really don't. So at the end of this month... Hopefully, Devin will be on. In the morning, Kate tries to talk Claire out of her next move of speaking to Libby, which I was excited because I like Libby's character and she doesn't really get involved a lot. Like, we have the A team, the B team, and then Libby's, like, captain of the C team. Claire asks if Libby is a shrink and if she can help her remember things. Claire explains what happened to her with Ethan and the amnesia. Kate chimes in with how they found Charlie. And Claire tells her that she's getting flashes of that missing time. 
Libby tells her that when bad things happen, memories are blacked out for protection. I don't know where this falls. If we've gotten to it yet, if we've passed it, whatever. But there is a scene where Claire is walking and holding Aaron. I think it's around this time. Did they use a real baby the whole time or did they use a fake baby? I don't know. I need to know. Bring it to flashback because she was either horribly holding a fake baby doll or she was ragdolling a real baby. If she wasn't holding it well, I have to imagine it wasn't a real baby. I I am at like literally this head is just fucking flopping off her arm. Like I have to imagine that was a fake baby because oh my God. And I'm not saying like based on the size that they're having Aaron look like how old is Aaron supposed to be right now? How many days has it been since Shannon died? Bruh, why would I know that? He's probably like two weeks. Here's the thing. They've only been on the island for two months. They're portraying that baby to be like four to six months old. If he not, was, he like, was that born is a, on day 41. And Jack said they've been on there for two months. So that's like a three-week-old baby. Yeah. In no fucking world is that a three-week-old baby. That baby is four times too big to be a three-week-old baby. So that aside, say it is a three-week-old baby. She is not supporting the head. That head is just flopping around. That pisses me off. I can't I can't I, okay. stand. Support the head, people. I don't care if it's a TV show. The head thing, I'll give you. You got to get over the size of the baby. <laughs> I understand the whole like, Oh, it's like you can't have a three-week baby on set. I have no issues with that. But, okay, if she's walking and that is a fake baby, get a smaller baby. It's a fake baby. Or just don't have her with the baby in the sea. All I'm saying is that baby looked to be like six months old. They've only been on the island for two months. Like, just try. Just try to make it more realistic. Try to get a smaller baby. A smaller fake baby, yeah. It's a fake baby. Just make it smaller. But, I mean, like, if they have a fake baby that's accurate size, and then you cut to real baby, and it's But whenever they cut to real Aaron, they're really only showing, like, close-ups of him. So I feel like it, it can be okay to use an older baby for that, and then when you're showing, like, her carrying the baby, make him a little bit smaller. I'm, I'm sorry. I think I'm the only one bothered by this, or people who actually work with real babies, because that's a giant baby. It's a baby. Okay, but support the head. Have you seen American Sniper? Don't even get me started. Yes, I've seen that <laughs> fake-ass baby. That was at least a small baby. I have an appointment next week on Monday. Do you know what it's for? <laughs> appointment? An appointment. Fertility? No, why would I? Fertility? <laughs> I don't know. Get yourself checked out. To get my eyes checked out. Oh, really? To see if I need glasses. Fucking finally. I bet I don't. I am literally willing to bet you right now that I don't need glasses. What do you want to bet? Want to bet? Yeah, I want to make a bet. I bet I don't need glasses. If you need glasses, you have to do the Once Upon a Time podcast with me. I cannot commit to a whole ass (laughs) podcast over glasses. How about, 
how about no? Let's just say if I have to wear glasses, then you get to pick a TikTok for me to make. And if I don't, because there is another end to this bet, because I'm telling you I don't need glasses. I see crystal clear vision. Then you... I will come up with something. I don't know why I suggested a bet. Here's the thing. I'm so confident that I don't need glasses that I feel like it'll be fine. I'm telling you, Lauren, stigmatisms are hereditary. You're probably going to have one. Yeah, but like... I see so well. Well, what what is need glasses? Are are they going to be like you probably could wear them? It might be better for you, but you don't need them. No, if they recommend it, I'll do it because like if it's going to cause if it's going to help the problems that I'm having. The problems I'm having are I get headaches all the time. I can't see at night when I drive, and my eyes hurt because yeah, those are the three reasons I went and found out if I needed glasses. <laughs> okay, let me tell you this. You don't realize how bad your vision is until they put that fucking thing there and they're like, number one or number two. That's exactly. So the whole reason I did this is because my friend at work found out she needs glasses. And she was like, I thought I saw so well until they said, this is how you see. This is how you're supposed to see. And she was like, it was shocking. I'm like, I really don't think I could have that experience. I look at things and I'm like, I see perfectly. I just don't think that would happen. I did one of those little line tests. I put an extra letter in. I don't think that's going to happen to me. I can like, I can read from like any distance. I like you're like, I can read from, to me, you're pointing at a door. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm saying hypothetically, if there was letters far away from me, I would be able to read them. I was dating a girl and we were driving on uh, 670 and she said, you need to get glasses because I'm tired of you leaning forward and squinting trying to read what exit sign is coming up because you're going to get us killed yeah see i don't have to lean and squint i do squint sometimes but to me it's more like a mental thing where i'm just focusing my eyes like i do I that when s- i'm drunk <laughs> okay well i do it sober <laughs> it's just like a. I just have to like engage my eyes speaking of okay. engaging let's get back to the show that people yeah, are, okay. are listening That's- for Jack and Locke give Henry food and uh, and a Dostoevsky and a Dostoevsky book. You you listened to the tra- the pronunciation and still said it wrong. Dostoevsky. Play the trans. Play the pronunciation. Dostoevsky. Okay, I guess you said it right. Henry asks for Stephen King, but the library is outdated. And then Henry sarcastically thanks them. Jack asked Locke why he gave Henry a book. And Locke starts talking about some bullshit story that no one cares about again. About how Hemingway was jealous of Dostoevsky. Wanting to be the best writer, but feeling he was stuck in his shadow. Locke then asked what the long-term plan for Henry is. As moving shifts around will make people suspicious. Bullshit. I don't think they're moving shifts around. The only people in that hatch ever are Jack and Locke. I mean, that's just what we see, but we've seen Hurley and Charlie hanging out in there before. You could assume one of them was on shift. Yeah, they were on shift, but that's because Jack and Locke were in the jungle. Okay, and prior to Michael running away, Michael had shifts, and he had taken Kate's shift, which means Kate has had shifts. I have to imagine when Kate abandoned the button the second time, they're like, Kate doesn't get She's not getting another shift. No way. 
But you know what I got from this scene? Jack is annoyed with Locke for just for Locke talking. At this point, it does not matter wh- what Locke says to Jack. He's annoyed. Yeah. And that really honestly was annoying to me. Like, he's just trying to like tell you a little fun fact about some authors. Jack, just like humor him. Honestly, he's just rude. He's so rude. I have gone on record saying that I love Jack and he's one of my favorite characters. However, he irks me all the time. The the way he treats the Henry situation. Oh, we can't torture him because what if he's telling the truth? Why'd you give him a book? He's our prisoner. I completely agree. That was so stupid. He can't have a book? Oh, Imagine you're you? fucking locked in a locker all the time. Also, there's no light in there. How's he supposed to read? <laughs> How is there not light when Echo goes? Oh, yeah, there's the a store. light. Never mind. You're dumb. <laughs> dumb. Anyway, I just was like, oh, why? that's what I'm saying is he's just mad because Locke did it. If Echo had gone in there and given him a book, Jack would not have said a thing. No, in, in defense of that, I would not pick a fight with Echo. <laughs> or his stick. Jack reminds Locke that they do not have a long-term plan for the button, yet they keep pushing it. Jack tells Locke that until they know who Henry is, they have to stay the course and offers up the floor for a better idea. Henry, who can hear them, suggests that they let him go. That was another thing that annoyed me. Like, comparing, oh, we keep pressing the button with no plan to we keep this guy locked in a room with no plan. Uh, These are two different situations, Jack. One of which, a button, not hurting anybody that we know of, not a human locked in a room. I think think he's saying, like, if rescue comes, what do we do about the button? But we're just going to keep pushing it. Oh, who fucking cares? That that I I still just feel like it's not a valid, it's You're not right. a valid, uh, retort comparison. Retort, which leads me to my next question: For both situations, what do you think the long term plan should be? I don't really know. Like, it's really difficult to say with Henry. I don't think he's ever going to admit that he's another, even though I'm fully convinced he is. And obviously the others are really good at just integrating themselves into camp life. So if if they think, oh, let's just make him one of us and, and he has to promise to be good. Yeah, they've all done that. Goodwin and Ethan just acted like they were part of them and it was all well and good until it wasn't. I, I don't really know how they're ever going to see an end to this. And the button? Just keep pressing it. I don't know. If rescue comes... Figure it out then. Just keep pressing it, probably. Libby takes Claire away from camp and guides her through a meditation to unlock her memories. She tells her to visualize herself when she was pregnant, and we get more flashes. This time we see the needle, a young girl, Ethan, and an ultrasound and a mobile of oceanic planes, which a little on the nose. (laughs) We also see Ethan putting his hand on Claire's mouth. Now, remember, at one point, you you doubled down and said that you still thought it was Danielle. Uh, I don't remember. I say dumb shit. These fast flashbacks are creepy. I don't like them. They freak me out. During the flashes, did you notice anything that, like, really you were like, ooh? Mm, during the flashes, 
not so much. I think it was just too fast. I did notice something ooh when we got the more extended actual um, scene. Um, but no, I don't. During the flashes, I was just like, oh, this is scary. So not even Alex? That didn't stand out to me because I didn't recognize it as being Alex. Because later on, Claire says, I remember a teenage girl. And I'm like, okay, that actress is definitely in her late 20s. So I did not register as, oh, this is a teenage girl. Because she didn't look like a teenager to me. So I just thought she was a nice lady helping. So you didn't even realize that that was Alex until... Not until Claire said... I remember a teenage girl. And then I was like, okay, so this is Alex because she didn't look like a 16 year old, not even a little bit. She looks my age. I'm going to guess oldest she could be is like 23, 22. How old is she? So this episode was filmed or released in 2006. She's 18. She was the oldest March 22nd of 1988. That is the oldest 18-year-old I've ever seen. Bullshit. She does oldest not look looking. 18. Yeah, that's what I mean. She's born in 88. That she does not look 18. But anyway, I did not register as her as Alex because I didn't see her as a teenager. She looks exactly like Danielle. All I recognized was like she's pretty. That's all I thought was that she was pretty. It wasn't until later when they were like, "Oh, a teenager, blue eyes, blah blah blah." I was like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense," but no, I didn't. Alex was one of my childhood crushes growing up. She's very pretty. She's definitely been in something else I've watched or multiple things. So we get our first flashback. Dr. Ethan asks about Claire's last checkup, and she tells how she was going to give the baby up, and that's why she was traveling. Ethan then gives her a shot. We see the flashes again, and Claire snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. She freaks out, saying she saw Ethan. Kate runs over and asks what Libby did to her. Claire asks to be sent back into the memory, but Libby tells her how she was screaming, and it could just be a combination of memories from before and after the crash. Claire is certain that this was a real memory. She says that Ethan drugged her. Kate tries to get her to calm down, but Claire says she needs to find the room where the medicine is, and she begs Kate to help her. The biggest thing that I noticed in this flashback... Well, actually... Side note, I really just feel like this uh, This confirms that picking Ethan for my draft team was a good pick. Because he's a doctor? He's got more skills than I even thought. Two, and the most important thing, is when I'm watching this scene, the thing that jumped out to me was that the Dharma logo is on the medicine. I don't know if it was this scene, but there is a scene, yes. with No, it, it is. I have it, it in my one? notes. Okay. Yes, I saw it. As they, like, panned past it. Like, I recognized Ethan's voice before they even showed him. I saw the logo on the bottle. And I was like, what the hell? And then later we see it on everything. Yeah. So then I was just, I was just hella confused. I really thought that the, like, the Dharma situation and the others were separate. So now I'm confused. (laughs) What was your reaction to Kate, like... Big sister and Claire this entire episode. It's fine. She kind of was a dick to everyone. <laughs> like, Russo, I can understand because she did kidnap Aaron. But Libby is like one of you now. And she's like, what'd you do to her? Yeah, I don't. 
Well, you know why she's acting like that? Because Claire's screaming her fucking head off. Yeah. Claire. She's like, I saw Ethan. He's dead. Who cares? I know it's the worst accent ever. But it's like, not, it sounded like when I make my move. <laughs> I just watched that the other day. <laughs> I love that whole thing. But anyway, I just I can't fucking stand Claire. I can't stand how frantic she gets. And whatever, maybe I would act the same. But it's like she's screaming and screaming as if Ethan's there. He is dead. It's a trauma, Lauren. This man yeah. kidnapped her. Okay, move on. I don't know. She annoys me. Honestly, anybody else could act like this and I'd be like, I get it. But she just annoys me. That's rooted in misogyny. Probably. Sorry, girls. Did you think that going after the medicine was a good idea? No. That is, it was a horrible idea. Why? What, what did they think they were going to do? They were going to show up to the others and be like, oh, I escaped you guys. Uh, but now I need some medicine for my baby, the baby that you wanted to take. And they're just going to be like, here you go. But let's say Claire was right and that this was the sickness. She would have The alternative would be letting Aaron die. Okay. She would have died. If, if they actually were still there and the medicine was there, there's no way. There's not a, a scenario. Honestly, you know what she should have done? Send the men. Send the men to do it. Because Aaron's going to lose his mother. And we can assume that um, he's still breastfeeding. His only source of nutrition is Claire. That's true. Uh, you know what's if interesting goes, is they don't even consider looking for vaccine in the quarantine hatch. Or even, I mean, but I'm sure that Jack would have said, like, I'm sure he's taken stock of all the medicine, everything in there. In that case, Sawyer would have it. I understand the importance of the storyline and, like, where it got us. And it it revealed a lot of information, but I just didn't actually like the storyline. I find it interesting that you don't, like, you don't have more sympathy for Claire in in this situation. She thinks that her child is going to die. I understand that. I really do. I'm not saying that I would even do anything any different, but looking from an outside perspective, logically, it's not a good idea. Yeah. That's what you asked me, and that's what I'm answering. You you say send the men. Jack would never have been, like, okay with it. You know what? If Charlie wasn't being an absolute idiot right now, I'd be like, Charlie, do you want to get back in my good graces? I need you to go get me some vaccine. Honestly, he's being an idiot. I would still send him. <laughs> I mean, he would definitely end up dead. There's a way better chance of Claire and Kate getting this figured out. And honestly, with Rousseau on their team, I have way more confidence in them. This was a fun episode because of that dynamic. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Kate and Claire have some scenes together. And obviously, Kate and Danielle have had some scenes together, too. But, like, them teaming up to accomplish something and, like, kind of getting away from the the routine episode, routine cast at this point was fun. It was great to see some different mix-ups. Yeah, I mean, I loved Girl Gang going into the jungle. It was just, I don't know. I want to see, I really want to see Claire develop into a stronger character. Because I feel like what they're trying to make her right now, she's like, she has strong moments, but she's just very frantic. And people really don't, people baby her. And I want to see that shift. I just kind of wish everybody 
like I like Locke and Claire's dynamic. When Claire's talking to Locke, I don't mind her. But people just really baby Claire, and I wish that they would stop. Like, yeah, she is strong. She's been through a lot. She's probably been through the most on this island. Just, I just don't really love what they're doing with her character. Yeah, it does kind of suck that like she is just Aaron's mom at this point. I don't really see it like that, but I don't know. I just I just want some development with her. Echo is cutting down some of the trees that he likes. So he goes to the hatch and Jack hears him and hides in the bathroom with Henry. Henry asks what's going on and Jack shushes him. Echo then finds Locke. Henry overhears their conversation and asks how many of them there are and Jack tells him to shut up. Echo asks for tools, which Locke agrees, but Echo notices the cot in the armory. I like Echo. Very observant. What's he doing with all those trees? He likes them. He's got to be building something, and I bet it's going to be awesome. What do you think it is? Like a shelter or something, I would assume. I don't know. Just like a, like a cabin? Maybe. Or like a church. <laughs> I don't really know, but I bet it's going to be awesome, no matter what. It's going to be cool. <laughs> I bet it's not another raft. <laughs> Let's try it again. Speaking of raft, uh, I wonder how Michael's doing. Yeah, what the hell? Are we ever are we just done with Michael? Michael's just off the show. Kate tells Sawyer that she needs a gun, but he does not get to ask why. Sawyer says he does. Kate says no. But then Sawyer says, watch. Why? <laughs> I loved that. Then he tells her that he found a new pair of reading glasses and Kate caves and tells about Claire's plan to track down Danielle and to find the medicine for Aaron. Sawyer offers the meds that he stole, but Kate says Claire's worried that this is a quarantine level of sick, but she thinks Claire is too paranoid, but she's going either way. So Sawyer agrees to give her a gun. And this goes back to what we were talking about in the long con. When the chips are down, Sawyer's going to help. Exactly what I was going to say. Exactly. This is a situation where I do feel like it's an appropriate choice to give her a gun i think they do need a gun and he does it and he is a little bit of an asshole about it just his typical sawyer banter but he even offers up medicine too he's like well i have medicine great see i really think sawyer is a perfect person to be in charge of these guns yeah i just like honestly he could have done everything the way he did it had he not attacked son or put charlie up to it or whatever that's the only part that I'm just like. Yeah, I don't like that. Claire gives Aaron to Sun, who is protesting this plan, saying that she should just listen to Jack. Sun tells her that a mother should not leave her child. Offended, Claire asks Sun if she is a mother. We get a hesitant no. That was obviously there for a reason. Interesting. And the reason is. Well, remember, I've said before that. I still think that there's going to be like a flashback storyline with them about children, about either decisions to have or to not have children, maybe attempts to have children, anything like that. I still think that there's like children in their storyline. And I think that it must be coming soon because that was very like poignant. I have two guesses for who next week is. Son is one of those guests. Okay. Sun asks if she is sure she wants to do this, which triggers a flashback. I really liked the way that the flashbacks worked in this episode. I did too, because it was like, 
I feel like the flashbacks are always supposed to be that they're triggered by what's happening in real life. But this one literally is. It's like phrases or things she is seeing. It's like, oh, I remember that. I remember mm-hmm. that. So I, I really did like that. In the flashback, Ethan takes some – oh, this, this is the scene where they really show it because I noted it. I put Ethan takes some Dharma brand medicine. Yeah, but I'm just really smart and I saw it before. Speaking of branding, I had some Popeyes today. And I was like, this is really good. I can see why Lauren wants it to sponsor us. Uh, the the company that I would choose to sponsor us, Dr. Pepper. Well, duh. And it just so happens a friend of mine works in marketing for uh, PepsiCo. And they're the ones who make Dr. Pepper. And I was like, can you get Diet Dr. Pepper to sponsor my podcast? And she said, let me see what I can do. <laughs> that would be – I would – tattoo diet dr pepper on my body if they sponsored our podcast that would be the tattoo that i get so kate makes fun of my like obsession with diet dr pepper or she just abbreviates it to ddp me too that's what i say ddp yeah so as a joke i used to just like crack one open that's good now i just do it without even thinking um I don't do that as a joke. I literally do that. And I didn't know I did it until Andrew pointed it out. He said, you are like an addict getting their fix when you finally open. He said, whenever you take your first sip, your eyes roll back in your head a little bit. And I was like, <laughs> that's so embarrassing. There's a there's a line in Game of Thrones where the hound is like on the verge of death. And he's like, I'd skin you alive for wine right now. <laughs> so I, I was... I wanted a DDP and I was hanging out with Kate and I was just like, I'd skin you alive for a DDP. (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Anyway, he takes the medicine for Claire. She doesn't want it because it's going to hurt, but Ethan tells her that the baby needs it. Then he tells her because she has been good, she gets a surprise and he walks her down a corridor, which appears to be a medical station for the Dharma people. I'm so, this whole thing was just like blowing my mind. What the fuck is this? There's an escape hatch? Escape from what? She looks to the, she looks at the stairs to the exit and Ethan leads her to a nursery for the baby. Claire asks where all it came from and Ethan says it would be too overwhelming. So where does it come from? I, I have no idea. And I was like, when he's like, oh, it'd be too overwhelming to explain it to you. I literally wrote my notes. Well, can you explain it to me? <laughs> <laughs> just like an like, office style cutaway of Ethan just explaining to the camera. Yes. I was so confused. Okay. Honestly, this whole thing. As they're walking, like the escape hatch was giving Star Wars. And then this whole room. And the plane mobile we're not there yet when she like really has that moment with the with the plane mobile but like what the fuck that's so that that one's big for me it's creepy because it's oceanic planes and it plays catch a falling star which is the song her father sang to her it's extremely creepy why do they have those planes and like the the connection to those that's the plane that crashed and that's how she got there to like why 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 i need to know this is like here's the thing in the episode that you loved the hunting party it is quickly asked and then ignored what how do they know their names yeah but i just thought that was maybe because 
Ethan was in their camp and then he maybe was like going back and, you know, giving like intel and stuff. I mean, obviously he goes back because he's with right. there with Claire and he probably was just saying, all right, so there's like a guy and he's got some tattoos and shaved black hair and that's Jack. And I'm like, that's what I thought. But now it's feeling like they really know these people. So, yes, she does look at the mobile and the, and the song. Ethan then is called out of the room by a clean-shaven Mr. Friendly who chews Ethan out for going off script with Operation Infiltrate, which is what I'm calling it. That's not, like, anything. I'm just calling it that. Mm -hmm. Ethan explains that the survivors knew that he wasn't on the plane, but Friendly asks what he's supposed to tell him about everything. Claire watches them, so Friendly closes the door. I didn't even, I recognized his voice first. I was like, that's Mr. Friendly. Then they showed him and I went, no, it's not. And then I'm like looking at him and I was like, what in the world? So at this point, I was like, how, where is this in the timeline? And how did he get so scruffy when we saw him? I was like, really, really confused. Really confused. There, ugh, this, there's more to come. There's more to come. Who do you think him is? Has to be like the leader of their group. They also mentioned that Ethan was supposed to make a list similar to what Goodwin was doing with the tailies. Mm -hmm. So it seems like things just really went to shit for our group of people. Right. This, You know what? Now that you talk about it. Oh, I'm an idiot. I totally forgot to mention. This was a quick bit that I had plans and I didn't say it. What? I didn't watch this episode when it aired. I was grounded. grounded. Yep. Uh, I missed a lot of shit. What an episode to miss. I know, right? But How do I, you remember that? Because I remember the scene where they find the hatch door and it's raining. I did sneak outside of mom's bedroom and I laid on the floor and listened to it. I remember that so detailed. Okay. So I did see, I heard some of the episode and like I could kind of see like the, the TV a little bit from where I was laying. I remember being so pissed at mom because we didn't have TiVo or DVR or anything. So we just missed it. And they, it, you don't get reruns until you hit 100 episodes. Um, do you know what you did to get grounded? Not at all. Do you know? No, I don't even remember that you're grounded, but you've told me before that mm -hmm. you missed an episode. So yeah. I, that's why I remembered. And because I watch... I don't, like, just watch random episodes. I watch all the way through. Mm -hmm. Unless I just watch this episode one time, this will always be my least watched episode. Oh, you just need to watch it one time to, like, catch yourself up. <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, I completely forgot to mention that. I think I was so... I, I have been, like, stressed for three weeks about the, the Selena Gomez fake quick bit because I'm just like... If I waste so much time talking about that and she doesn't think it's funny, I'm going to be so mad. I thought it was real and I was excited. So yeah, this was quite the episode. But Claire snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And Sun asks if she's okay. Then Kate asks if she is ready. Claire tells Aaron not to cry and she will be back soon to make him feel better. And the two, head off, better. The, and the two head off into the jungle. That was a good mom moment. Calmly soothing her baby. Calmly. Girls trip. They march through the jungle. Claire asks Kate what she knows about Danielle. Kate tells her about what Danielle said about her research team and how she killed them. 
Claire asks why she would do that, and Danielle appears and tells her that they were infected. And then she asks Claire if she believes her now. Claire tells Danielle to take her back to where she scratched her. She tells Danielle that she remembers the room and the medicine and a teenage girl. Claire demands that she stops lying because Aaron is sick, and Danielle is immediately on board, saying it's not far, and she leads the way. At this point, you had to have realized that it was Alex. I told you, I said, when okay. she said teenage girl, that's when I was like, oh, okay, that's who this is. Okay, I thought you meant at the end of the episode when they like kind of like talk about no, it. No, no. How do you feel about Danielle in this episode? I was going to save this for the end of the episode, but let's all welcome Danielle Russo to Hottie of the Week. I'm sending you a picture right now. Why? You're going to see Why that I, not- already, I already have it on the spreadsheet. Really? <laughs> I knew you were going to say it. You know what? I didn't decide until late into the episode. Like, I had actually decided that it was going to be Echo for chopping down that tree that he likes. <laughs> and then as I kept watching, I just kept thinking like, wow, like Rousseau is so beautiful. Like she's so, she's so beautiful. And then I was like, she's got good arms. And then I was like, wait a minute. She's hottie of the week. Like I just, and, and for the reason, just like strong badass woman yeah i really i really like danielle she's one one of my favorite like reoccurring characters i guess is what you would call her yeah i really really like her like every time she's on an episode i'm I'm really happy things really get intense when she shows up Mm -hmm. for sure echo asks jack who the man in the hatch is before jack can even get it out echo tells him that Locke was not the one who told him it, which again annoys me that Jack is just like, did Locke tell you? Like, yeah, but in that case, like, he and Locke are the only ones that, well, and Saeed, but Saeed's probably off, like, crying about being a torturer. Um, he and Saeed Locke are, immediately told Charlie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But he and Locke are the only ones that know. And Jack obviously isn't just thinking, wow, Echo's so observant. He thinks Jack is a egomaniac he thinks there's no way i could have failed in keeping that guy quiet keeping henry quiet oh there's oh he must know because of Locke. couldn't be that i'm just not that discreet yeah echo asks if he can speak to henry alone jack asks why he would do that and echo blackmails jack about keeping this a secret and then we get a cute little echo smile (laughs) i like it tapping into his criminal background here that's something a godly man would do. Hey. Gotta do what you gotta do. Sometimes I think Echo might be the smartest amongst them. I love Echo. That's why I picked him in the for the first place in my draft. Yeah, that's a, that's a good pick. I know. Peeling back the curtain a little bit. I'm editing that video. And what I totally forgot to mention after Kate picked Danielle was I was with her a couple days prior to the the draft. And I said, I have a really good idea for the, for the draft because I don't think anyone's going to want to pick her or this person. And she was like, Danielle. And I was like, motherfucker. You guys can't discuss the draft before the draft collusion. <laughs> should we, should we talk about when you used to be in our family fantasy league? <laughs> And he would call me during the draft and be like, who's good? What do I need? 
Yeah, I didn't, I would just like wait until it's my turn and I'd look at the little chart that they give you and they're like, oh, here's the best available. And I would just take best available. But I would just be like, what position am I supposed to be picking right now? And then you're like, now's a good time to get a running back. So I just picked best available running back. Except for that one time that we were on a call and you were like, oh, I'm going to take this guy. I'm going to take this guy. And then when it got to my turn, I just took him from you. I was so pissed. I know. Danielle leads them into a clearing and stops saying that this is where Claire scratched her. Danielle asks where to go next, and Claire says that she is the one who is supposed to know. Danielle screams at her, asking where the room is, and Claire tells her that she is supposed to know because Danielle was taking her back to the others, and that is why she scratched her. Did you believe that? Did I believe that Danielle was taking her back to the others? Yeah, for some reason, this episode plays that like it's a reveal at the end. But why on earth would Danielle do that? I mean, no, granted, I never thought that. Granted, she did take Aaron to make a trade. So like you could see the logic there. No, never once did I think that. Never. I think the reveal is that Claire was trying to go back. Yeah. Danielle asked her if that's what she really thinks happened and then grabs her saying she was supposed to remember. And that's why she brought them there. She calls Claire a liar but Kate pulls a gun on Danielle, who backs off, then walks into the gun and asks Kate to do it. Honestly, Kate pissed me off so much. There, this is not a reason to pull a gun. I'm she sorry. was grabbing her. Oh, whatever. Okay. Danielle's a little feral, a little bit. She is a wild woman. She's been living in the jungle for 16 years. I wouldn't I have just, pulled a gun, but like, de- like maybe like separate them. Yeah, I would have separated her. I just felt like that gun was obnoxious. And I like that Danielle basically just calls her bluff and is like, yeah, okay, shoot me, please. I think it's also just like. No, I'm in so much pain. Like yeah. I have been through so much. Go ahead. Yeah. This is like hope being dangled in her face for her daughter. And then at this point, they don't know where to go next. So she's just like, I have nothing else to lose. Just go ahead and do it. Yeah sad uh, i want to say like we we've been giving kate a hard time a lot so i i do think it was dumb for her to pull a gun but like she's protecting claire i get that i do i, I think the thing that i i try to remember is one tv show so things are always heightened for tension and two you know they are on that island and just like with michael being gone and walt being kidnapped and everything going on just tension is high so like but this move by Danielle of calling her bluff and also kind of wanting to die really spooks Kate, which I thought was funny. Then Claire finds a very familiar looking log, which triggers a flashback. Ethan finds Claire who finished one of the booties. Is that what she was making? Like little, little, little yeah. Booty? Yeah. Uh, for the baby, he takes her on a field trip into the jungle. I like that. They didn't show us how they got there. They just kind of appeared. So once again, you were probably just like, where the fuck is this thing? Mm, I didn't really think that. But what were you sure. What were you picturing before the reveal of the door? Were you like thinking it was like a building or again underground? No, I thought it was underground. I think I thought that probably because of the escape hatch type of thing. Otherwise just known as a door. You keep calling it an escape hatch, but that's like how they get in and out. It literally is labeled escape hatch. Was it really? There's a sign. Notice. There's a sign that says escape hatch. Well, I mean, why would you call it that if that's just how you get in? It 
I'm calling it that because that's I, I, what it I says. I understand. I'm not criticizing you. I'm saying what's the logic behind calling the door the escape hatch? I thought that that was a separate ent- I thought that was a separate exit, like literally an escape exit. Hmm. You know what I well, mean? They ne- like they, they never show an entrance, so I just I know, but I'm saying I just kind of thought, oh, we had to have an entrance, then they have an escape hatch. Yeah. Don't give me that. Well, I'm not criticizing watch, you. Watch the show. Maybe I need glasses. <laughs> see, I can see perfectly. So Claire is just drugged off her ass. So I love drugged Claire. Yeah. She's great. And the funny thing is, I think at one point I put in my notes that Claire is like a bad like the Emily de Raven, I think I wrote Emily de blah, blah in my notes, but um, that I was like, she's not a good actress. And then I went and I adjusted it later because I just don't like, I don't think her angry acting is convincing because that's just kind of not what I see her as, but her drugged acting was great. So that's why I adjusted the note to say, she's just not good at portraying like, like fierce anger or like, What's the word I'm looking for? Like intimidating. Yeah. Like she was trying to be intimidating and it was not coming. It was not reading. Right. I didn't like it at all, but I loved her when she was drugged. That was awesome. So you've watched once upon a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Fans of lost maybe have watched it as well because there are similar, a lot of the writers are the same and there's a lot of familiar faces. Emily D Raven being on once upon a time is the reason why I watched it because they were like, lost emily d raven joins the cast and i was like oh fuck yeah so i watched it oh bell is rough they just don't know what to do with her character so it's just a lot of like the rumple's good rumple's evil back and forth and like her like i love the man inside the base it's so bad it's just like the same fucking thing over and over again and i feel so bad just like Shitting on her, because I, I disagree. I love Emily D. Raven. I think her role in Remember Me is fantastic. That rom-com movie that turns into 9-11. Oh, I never watched it. You didn't watch that? That's a good movie. You know, she's pregnant right now with her third kid. How old is she? Not that old. So was she really young in Lost? I think so, yeah. Hold on. She's 41 right now. Hmm. She would have been 22. Okay. The, the character of Claire. Uh, but I, <laughs> I looked up how old Charlie was. Because I was worried about another age gap. And I looked at his episode count by accident. And I thought that was his age. And I was like, holy fuck, that's an age gap. I was like, oh, no, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) So they sit down because she's drugged off her ass. He gives her something sour, which I just interpreted that, like, it's just more drugs. And they're just keeping her drugged up, like, the entire time. It's like, unless it was, like, just really bad OJ. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I assumed they were giving her something. Yeah. Uh, Aaron starts to kick and Ethan feels it. He tells her that he is going to miss her and says that she wishes that she did not have to go. Claire says that she could stay and Ethan reminds her there's not enough vaccine for her and the baby. And Claire argues that she's not sick. Ethan says hopefully she stays that way once the baby comes and she is returned to her friends. Claire asks what if she wants to see the baby And Ethan says that it is her choice to keep him and then immediately talks her into giving up Aaron. But he does say that he wants her to be sure. You know, as I was watching this part, I was like, okay, now we found the real cult. 
He's like, we're a nice family. Give us your baby. <laughs> Why we do you think they want the baby? I've said it before. They need to keep their their group going. You need but youngsters. why not keep Claire too? Why specifically the baby? Well, he said that they don't have enough vaccine. And I think because like I have, well, okay. One, they've got their list, right? They only want good people. Maybe Claire doesn't fit with what they're trying to do. Well, also because later on, it kind of seems like they weren't ever going to keep her alive. They were going to kill her. Yeah, that's why so, Alex got her out of there. Yeah, so why not keep Claire too? Because they were just going to let her die in childbirth. Claire remembers the entrance to the staff, and she stumbles around as it begins to rain. Now, I did note that the rain was coming, but it never actually like really started. So that was interesting because nothing really bad happened. I think what that was was like because typically rain does signal okay something really bad is about to happen, but. They're stumbling into others' territory. And so by giving us the thunder and, like, the the weather shift, we're like, uh-oh, foreshadowing something bad. It, it's like, yeah, just putting us on edge. Mm-hmm. I do, like, sometimes I get, a, a, a like, a really small chill when it starts to rain on this show because I'm just like, what's going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. Like, the whole mood shifts because you're like, uh-oh, someone's about to get fucked. Kate tries to stop Claire, but Danielle just tells her to look or let her look. And then Claire finds the entrance to another hatch. So now you've seen it from the outside. Did you have like a reaction? This is now the third Dharma station that we've seen. Um, Not really, because I already knew that this was a Dharma station and I already assumed it was underground. I think my reaction was more so just like, you're going to go in there? The fuck? This one had handles, so they just open it immediately. Would have been nice. Yeah. Once again, Arts is just watching from the afterlife, just thinking, what the fuck? (laughs) Let's go back a little bit. When in orientation, when we saw station three of six, you said, I want to know where the other stations are. You thought they were off island. Yeah. I thought these were like throughout, dispersed through the world. Now, obviously, I think they're all on the island. But I kind of assumed that after we saw the arrow station. They never actually say it in the episode, and I honestly don't recall them saying it in the show, but this station is called The Staff. Staff? Mm-hmm. Okay. I believe it's because of that symbol, like the like the little intertwining thing. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what that means. Maybe Devin does. I mean, I was thinking staff like, you know, like a wizard would carry, like a stick. And how does that pertain to medical? I'm not saying it does. It's just like, that's what I think of when you say staff. Hmm. I didn't even see that symbol. Staff infection. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. They slowly make their way inside and find flashlights. There's also a flickering light, so Kate looks for power. Kate leads Danielle down the corridor, and they find what was the nursery, and it's been mostly packed up and cleaned out, which is kind of frightening. So, I mean, are are we to believe that when Claire escaped, they were like, this station is compromised and they just got the fuck out of there. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Kate finds a locker and inside are worn down clothes that the others wear and Dharma theatrical glue and fake beards. That was mind blowing to me. I, I took that to believe uh, the worn down clothes actually didn't, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought, 
Of course, their clothes are dirty. They live on an island. Then when I saw the fake beard, I was like, oh my God, this whole I'm a dirty fisherman act is an act. It's a costume, right? Like that's what that beard is, right? Yeah. That's crazy. These people are so extra. I think the others really thrive off of being underestimated. They are like, they put so much thought into this whole situation. And that once again, it just leads me to believe that that this whole plane crash was not just like something that happened that they now have to deal with. It's like, they were prepared for this. They. Are you saying the, you think the others crashed the plane? I, I don't know. It just feels intentional. Why do they have an oceanic plane mobile? That's crazy. It is possible that Oceanic is just like a really big brand in this universe. I guess maybe, but why would you even brand the planes on a mobile? That, can you imagine having like a Delta airline mobile? Like planes, but, but sure. How, how would they have known that it was an Oceanic flight? Dude, there are so many. There are so and, many I mean, questions. unless that's the, that's just the flight that flies over the island. Yeah, maybe. But, like, how, why do they have what they're just like, there's a theater troupe there and, and they put on plays. But they're like, oh, well, we might as well. Dr. Marvin Candle doesn't say anything about theater productions in the orientation film that we saw. So why do they have theatrical glue? Not a, not a single clue. It's the whole thing is weird. It's all... So weird. Claire finds the booty that she made, and it triggers another flashback. This time, Alex wakes up Claire and tells her that she has to leave. Claire says that she cannot leave as Alex picks her up and shows her that the others are getting ready in an operating room to cut the baby out of her. Alex tells her that she can get her back to her camp, but they have to leave now. Claire says that she's lying, and she is sure that she wants to give the baby up, and she asks for Ethan. Alex tries to get her to be quiet and then knocks her out. I have a couple things to say. One, they have so much shit. They clear. They have to have, like, uh, supplies coming in. There's no way they just have all this stuff. And, like, they showed up one time with all this stuff and they've just been able to survive for all this time. Like, clearly they have someone secretly, like, bringing them supplies and it's just not noticeable to the other people on the island. Two... Alex is very pretty and it's unfortunate to me that she's 16 because I feel like she's pretty enough to be a love interest to somebody. But like if they do make her a love interest to someone later on, I'm going to be pissed because that's unless somebody on this island is like 18 and we wait two years for it to be a love interest. mm -mm -mm -mm, No, don't do me again with this Saeed Shannon shit. Give Walt a couple years. <laughs> no, no. He's 10, I think. All I'm saying is she's very pretty. Yes, she is. Again, childhood crush. So what else do you think of Alex was going to be the question I was going to ask, but pretty. That's an interesting one because, okay, she's clearly not as brainwashed as the other people, but she was raised by them. She was taken as a baby. So it's interesting that she does defect you know what i mean yeah but the other question i have is like when ethan's saying all this stuff like 
oh, you're going to go back and all this stuff. Is he just straight up lying or is he not completely in the know too and he doesn't know she's going to die? I think he's lying because she's she's saying they're going to cut you open. That's what I figured. I just was like, he honestly seems nice in these scenes. Like he's being really nice to her, but I guess he's just really manipulative. I think it is possible that he is getting attached to her because he spent a lot of time with her. He kind of seems like he is, but... I do. I just think it's interesting that she's not fully in with them. She's not just doing what she's told. Do you think there's a reason for that? I have to assume that not everybody who's with them is like fully convinced. And someone maybe has told her how she came to be with them. Or maybe she knows like that they basically kidnapped her or whatever. And so she's like, I'm going to do what I have to do to survive. I'm going to listen I mean, because obviously we see her cooperate bringing Kate in in that one episode, but like, yeah, I think some saw her, but yeah. Well, but we, you know, whatever. She's part of that group. Yeah. And she was cooperating. I just think she must somehow know that this group is not all good. She also is a teenager, so she could just be rebelling because she's a teenager. I mean, she also could just understand, have enough of a moral conscience to know that killing a pregnant woman is not okay. Mm-hmm. And maybe she's just like, mm, I'm not good with that. But that does raise an interesting question of like morality just from being alive. Because she's raised by these people and clearly they don't have any qualms with it. Yeah, it is true. That's something definitely to track. I was really bummed for when I read your notes for the hunting party and you didn't even acknowledge Alex. Um, and then when I got the notes for this one, you didn't really say much about Alex. So I was like, Oh my God, did she still like have no reaction? No, I had reactions. I just don't put everything down in yeah. my notes. Claire remembers where the medicine is and leads them to an empty operating room. She calls for Kate's help to lift the fridge. And once they do, they find that the vaccine is gone. Claire freaks out and asks Danielle where it is, again saying that she was taking her back. We then see more flashes of their fight, and then she looks at the scratches, triggering, I believe, yeah, the final flashback. Claire wakes up in the jungle and immediately calls for Ethan. She stumbles around looking for Ethan, saying that she is sure she wants him to take the baby, but Danielle finds her and immediately sees that she is pregnant. Ethan calls for Claire, who yells back, and Danielle tells her to be quiet, But Claire keeps calling for them. Danielle covers her mouth. They fight. The scratches happen. And Danielle knocks her out with the butt of her gun. Claire then snaps back to reality. Oh, there goes gravity. And tells Danielle she now knows that she was saving her. Danielle tells her that she carried her on her back to the camp and left her where Locke and Boone found her. So let's go all the way back to homecoming where we discussed what happened. And you said you think that there was more there. I don't remember. As I was watching this, I was trying to remember what I actually said, and I don't really remember. But I think I said that Danielle rescued her. So I was, like, half right. Like, she did. I thought she straight up got her out from the others. I didn't, you know, predict that an other helped her escape. I said, I specifically said there is no way that Claire got out of there by herself. You know what I, you did say that. You know what I totally just realized? The last Claire-centric episode was called Raised by Another. And when we were talking about Alex, you literally said she was raised by them. 
So she was raised by an other. Uh-huh. Nice. So why do you think Danielle decided to like help save Claire? Typically, she just stays away anything other related. Because she knows that they're about to take her baby the way that they took her baby. So she doesn't want that to happen to another mom. Yeah. Because Rousseau is a badass, strong woman. I loved that shot of Claire, like, scared and, like, holding her stomach. And just the way, like, Danielle looked at her. Because, like, uh, I feel like Rousseau's face just shows so many, like, thoughts and emotions when she's just, like, looking at her. And it's, like, basically just, like, not again. Yeah. Claire apologizes, but Danielle leaves. And Claire asks where she's going. And Danielle tells her that she is not the only one who did not find what she was looking for. They make their way through the jungle, and Danielle says that they will split up where they are. Claire asks about Alex, and she tells Danielle that she remembers a girl with blue eyes who saved her, like she did. Who was not like the others. She was good. Danielle begins to cry and apologizes that she did not find what she was looking for, and she hopes Aaron is not infected. But if he is, she hopes Claire's knows to do what must be done. And then she disappears into the jungle. I touched on it before, but I think the casting uh, for Daniel's daughter was perfect because they she does look like she could be Daniel's kid. Echo and Jack arrive at the hatch, and Jack tells Locke that Echo knows. As Locke opens the door, Jack warns him to be careful, and Locke tells him not to tell him what the alarm is for. And then Echo asks what it is for. <laughs> I love that part. It kind of annoyed me because Echo watched the film. Yeah, but they still don't really know what it's for. They're saving the world. I just loved, like, Locke's face after that. He was like, good point. (laughs) Locke lets Echo in, and Echo introduces himself and offers a handshake, which Henry accepts. Echo sits and asks him about his time in the hatch. Henry tells him that he is a prisoner, but he does not know why, and Echo tells him that they think he is lying. Henry tries to defend himself, but Echo tells him to stop talking. Very intense. He then tells him in graphic detail about the two men that he killed on the first night. He tells Henry that he is sorry and back on a righteous path and regrets his actions. He asks Henry for his forgiveness. Then Henry asks why he's telling him, and Echo says because he needed to tell someone. Echo then takes out a big-ass knife and cuts off the two little beard stems from his face, one for each man that he killed, and puts the knife back and leaves. Okay, I didn't notice that it was one for each man that he killed. It was just two little things, so I made the correlation. Oh. What do you think all that was? Um, I think that Echo just assumes that Henry is an other, and he's like, I'm gonna... It's like his version of a confession can't confess to a priest but he can confess to someone that he assumes was close to the people that he killed and you know that that's pretty much it okay so i just looked it up according to some of the people on reddit it is penance cutting your hair is often associated with starting fresh and this was his way of letting go and yes it was two braids to signify each of the men and cutting it off was his way of freeing himself from the guilt Okay, they weren't braids. They were curls. They had a little string on them. That was just his hair, Zane. There was not braids. There were curls. His beard is not braided. 
it's like the little two parts were made that way. So when he cut, because he didn't cut off his entire beard. I understand, but there were just little curls. They're not braids. Thorn, look at it. They're not. Are they twisted? They're not yeah, braids. Like, okay, I'm just yeah. reading what is written. But I know, yes, but he, the, he pulled them and like tied okay. them up to signify it. Right, but they're not braids. Okay, you're getting a little too attached to that specific word. He isolated that portion of his hair. Okay. So do you believe Echo is really on this like righteous path and that everything he said after he found Yemi is true? Because he did pose as a priest for a while. I think he's a good man. That's all I know. Jack tells Claire that Aaron looks good, his fever is broken, and the rash is fading. Claire thanks him, but Jack says he didn't do anything. And then Claire takes out the booty and tells Aaron how she made it for him. Aaron immediately puts it in his mouth. (laughs) And Claire tells Aaron how she wanted the others to take him, but now she knows that they are supposed to be together and take care of each other. She says that he is hers, and she loves him, and gives him a kiss on the head. And this entire scene, I was just terrified that Charlie was going to show up. That would have ruined the episode. Yeah, but he does just keep showing up at the end of episodes, like the last two. Yeah. I do think it was really nice. I know you're not like crazy about Claire, but it was nice to have a Claire-centric episode without the drama from her relationship with Charlie being like the center of it. I, I agree. I'm glad that there was no Charlie in this episode. Locke gives Henry more food, and Henry asks if the story about Hemingway is true. They discuss Hemingway and Dostoevsky, and Locke calls the latter a genius. Henry asks which one he is, if he is the genius or the guy living in his shadow. Locke tells him that he's not into literary analysis, and Henry says he does not understand why he lets Jack call the shots. Locke tells him that they make decisions together. Henry pretends to believe him, and then Locke closes the door and begins to start the dishes before throwing everything around the kitchen in anger, as Henry's words got into his head. And that is how the episode ends. Locke, my boy, don't let me catch you slipping. He's... I just don't... I don't don't want him to do something dumb. Like what? I don't know. Do something just to spite Jack, just because Henry's put this in his head. Do you think it matters to Locke if he's, like, the one calling the shots or not or being told what to do? I don't think it really matters to him, but I think what matters to him is that he's not getting respect from Jack and he's, like, Henry's noticing it or at least, you know, manipulating the situation by pointing it out. What do you think Henry is trying to do here? He's trying to work Locke up and get him to basically like, I think what he's trying to do is get Locke to like, let him go just to spite Jack, which the interesting thing is Jack's the one that's like, well, what are we going to do with him? So it kind of doesn't make sense because Locke's not trying to release him and Jack's not letting him. Yeah. So, and Locke was totally on board with the, uh... Let's beat the shit out of him. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of interesting that he's messing with Locke, but I do just think that he sees Locke as like the more manipulatable person in this situation. All right. This one, you're really going to have to like use your, your brain. I've never done that before. What are the others up to? I do not know. I, I think they just have like, 
a little community here. And they're trying to grow it, maintain it. That's why they want the children. And they keep with the lists and they want the good people and all this stuff. And maybe they did facilitate this whole plane crash just to get more people for their little community. I don't know. I don't know what their purpose is. I'm so confused because I thought they had nothing to do with Dharma. Are they like they were Dharma and they are like de facto like they or or this just is Dharma. Dharma's just like one giant fucking science cult. Like I I don't know. I really don't know. Let's go back a little bit. You said maybe they did facilitate this whole crash. Do you think Desmond was an other and that's why he just disappeared? No, I don't. I do think that Desmond genuinely like landed there and got roped into this. Or maybe I'm dumb. Is? Maybe I'm dumb for believing that. Where do you think he is? I don't know. Maybe now I'm questioning everything. Maybe him running into Jack was this whole thing could have been orchestrated. I don't know why I just believe that Desmond's a good person when no one else is. Everyone else is a liar. Why wouldn't Desmond be a liar? That's interesting. I hadn't even considered that he was another. I thought he genuinely was doing a race around the world. And, and why are you laughing at me? Is that not the case? I, don't know. <laughs> I, I just, just picturing in your brain like, yep, he's doing a race. That poor guy. Yeah, that's literally what I thought. I know. Until it's just the, it's the way you ago. said it made me laugh. Oh my God. Well, okay. now I'm questioning everything. Okay. So just so I have something to go off of on a later date, you think the others potentially orchestrated the plane crash so they can get the people on the Island to grow their numbers. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a purpose to this plane crash. That's what I'm going to say. I don't okay, know if but it's outside of their whole blocks hole. We all came here for a purpose, for a reason. No, I think the others have a purpose for the plane crash. All right. And probably the question that I'm going to be asking last going forward, where do we go from here? We've got, we've got a, a few different people that are with the others that, people want to not be with the others. Like Danielle probably wants her daughter. The camp should want to rescue both Michael and Walt. So maybe a little bit of Let's a team Let's not forget up. all the tailies. Yeah. Yeah. Those people too, whatever. Uh, so like maybe a little team up action where we're like, okay, we got to infiltrate and rescue all these people. Um. Or we just say, hey, the others are fucking crazy, and maybe I I don't want to try to mess with them. <laughs> I, I really don't know. You said infiltrate. Based off mm-hmm. what we know about the others' usage of the staff and how it appears that their makeup is actual makeup, don't tell me, like, where, because there's no way of knowing, but, like, what in your mind's eye do you picture their base of operations to look like? I think that they are probably in another, um, whatever it's called. Another Um, hatch. Yeah. Another 
Dharma like base or whatever they're called station. Probably the nicest station though. Like because the hatch is pretty advanced. And this one that we just found, staff, is like pretty advanced, or it was when they were there. So I'm thinking they're in like the most advanced one. So you and think they're held up underground somewhere? I don't know if it's completely underground. I, I'm picturing like a whole commune. Lastly, next week, you mentioned Sun. Who was your other person? Locke. Really? Why? Um, just because we saw this whole thing with um, Henry kind of like kind of egging on. All right. Well, you got to pick between those two. The problem is I can't really remember who we've seen like recently. I'm gonna go lock. It is a sun episode. Fuck. And it is it is labeled as sun, no gin. Okay. It is titled The Whole Truth. Interesting. Okay. Any prediction on what might happen? I feel like we're finally gonna get the answer to why they've been flirting with this baby situation. Well, I'm very excited. I think we are in the middle of a stretch of really good episodes. And it's interesting because I remember people saying that season two of Lost is kind of a slow burn. And I can like see here and there why people say that, especially with fire and water. But I think things are like really starting to ramp up and it's going to get really interesting from here. I'm excited because I I do. I, I, I get the slow burn part. Because I kind of, we're midways through this, or we're over midway through the season, and I'm still kind of just like, what are we doing? Feels like a lot of buildup. Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of different plot lines being set up to hatch Michael and Walt, and then just like the others in general in this supposed army. Well, yeah, there's like the, let's build an army, and then let's not talk about it again. Um, We've got... Henry trapped in the hatch. We've got confirmed for sure that Alex is alive. We've got Michael running off to get Walt. Like there's just like a lot of setup and it's like, which route are we taking? We don't really know. Do you, which of all those storylines do you think are going to be resolved by the end of the season? I think the Michael Walt thing will be resolved one way or another. Like we'll either be like, we're not going after them. They're dead. Michael's dead. Walt's alive. Or we'll get them back. I don't, I don't actually think we'll get them back by the end of the season. I just think we might get answers as to like what their update is. Um, Let me ask you this. Do you think there's any real world reasons why they're just not on the show? Like, oh, the actors were busy or something like that. No, I think this was like a planned plot line. Okay. I do also think that we'll get some sort of wrap up to the Henry Gale situation as well. All right. Well, that's interesting. I... Love that we had a lot of theories and thoughts in this one. There's definitely going to be some stuff that we can revisit down the line. I'm sure I'm right about everything because I'm always right about everything. You completely abandoned your polar bear farm theory. Well, because we haven't seen any polar bears. <laughs> it's still there, but they're dormant. I would love like a little cartoon of a polar bear with a crown. The polar bear king. So if any of our fans are artistic, and I know some of you are because I've seen some of your artwork and I think it's really good. Not for us, but just like I've stalked your Instagram accounts. Um, please, one, give me a polar bear at the crown. And two, we're looking to change a lot of our social media like banners and stuff. Uh, so please 
if you want to do some work and not be paid. We will shout you out. We almost have 500 followers on TikTok. Yeah, we're looking for fan art. Uh, just, you know, do whatever. We want to see it. Maybe someone wants to bring my French chick, a chick wearing a beret to life. I really want that. I really want that. But yeah, anything that gets sent to us, we will post it on our Instagram and our TikTok. Yeah. And if we love it so much that we utilize it in either like a banner on our socials, you might get uh, artistic creation credits in the outro that I do every week. Also, we're, we're, you know, we're getting there and not really, but like we're growing every week and maybe just maybe we'll get a sponsor and we're going to need a tattoo for Lauren. We're never going to get a sponsor unless Popeye's wants to call me. Or if the Dr. Pepper thing works out. Look, if you're feeling creative and you want to send us some art, do it. That's all we're saying. If you're not feeling creative, then just head on over to our TikTok and look at the art. It'll be on LaurenGetsLost.pod on TikTok at LaurenGetsLostPod on Instagram. Maybe we'll tweet it at LaurenGetsLost on Twitter. Our Facebook group, guys, people are there. It's not a group. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. Zane's going to kill me. Our Facebook page, people are there. I've been looking. We have actual comments. One of those comments is me correcting Zane's grammar. And Zane, just because you go back and edit the post to use the correct version of your, I remember, Pepperidge Farm remembers. The the best part about you not checking out our uh, TikToks that you're not allowed to see is there could be so many spelling errors and grammar problems. Every time. I really wish that TikTok allowed us to edit our captions because every time Zane will be like, there's a new TikTok that you're allowed to watch. I'm like, okay, cool. Am I allowed to read the comments? And he checks the comments to make sure. I find in the caption, he has a typo. And when he's responding to comments, he has typos. And I text him every time. I'm like, have you ever proofread anything in your life? I am dyslexic. <laughs> Those are not dyslexia mistakes. I am Those illiterate. are grammar mistakes. Those are just like, I. Uh, some of them look like you're doing talk to text and that you're not even proofreading. It's like reading mom's texts. But speaking of TikTok, we have new content for YouTube. Go check out, hopefully, the bloopers. Lauren, you really got to finish those. The the visual representation of the draft and probably soon we are going to do something where Lauren reacts to the TikToks that she has not seen. We're going to record that, talk about it together and then put them up on the YouTube. We don't know how we're going to do that just yet. We might just do it like every couple episodes, basically as Lauren's allowed to see the spoilers because I'm kind of doing a lot of back stuff. I don't have a lot for season two right now, but I'm trying to get more into that. But take a look at that. Hopefully we have more exciting YouTube content in the future. We have some ideas, but yeah, go check it out with the link in the description. And do not forget if you have any additional questions about the episodes or just about Zane and me in general or your producer, Kate, send us your questions and we will address them in flashback at the end of the month. Especially medical stuff, anything up to, well, whatever episode we're covering for flashback, but nothing too late guys. Cause we are still trying to protect Lauren from spoilers. Or if you just have like a rash and you want Devin to look at it, here's Devin's number. It's no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs>
until then, guys, give us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. Send us a DM. Share us with your friends, your family, the costume designer of your cult theater group. And join us next week for The Whole Truth. I, I got it. I didn't need your help. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Wister, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time.